supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> never not working. Never not working. Never, ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Standard protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. This is Brian Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. When you're looking for the latest information on Southern University Sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU Athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas.
good morning and live from Rush Chandler Stadium here on the campus of Georgia Tech at McNeese Baseball Park. It's the final, what do we call this, bracket final bracket championship day? Yeah, oh, that's what you can say is put it semifinal. Uh, there you go. Saturday. Uh, okay. Yep. There you go. Semi semifinal Saturday, one game to advance to the championship of the SWAC baseball tournament. Ryan Fulford, A.D. Drew, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill. Uh, first game of today comes up at noon Eastern, 11 Central. That's the number one seed, Alabama State Hornets, going up against the number three seed, Florida A&M University Rattlers, in the third matchup between these two teams and though these teams have given given an epic i mean this is like rocky creed whatever your trilogy you want to use <laughs> it's better than the regular season was yes yes better than the regular season trilogies so it's only fitting that this will be the ninth meeting of the year between these two teams um and then coming up after that, uh, whether it be 3 p.m. or 30 minutes after the first game ends, you get uh, number one Grambling State going up against Bethune-Cookman, uh, the, the the magical Wildcats, the whatever you want to call them, the Wiley Wildcats. I don't know what you want to call them, Doc. How would you describe what the Wildcats have done over these last two, three days? Man, they've been the heart kids uh, Wiley Wildcats. I like that. Well. <laughs> that was my middle school, junior high school. Ah, nice. Wiley High School. I mean, Wiley Middle School. And we were the Wildcats. So mm -hmm. it all matches up there. But um, they have really been tremendous in regards to really leaving it out on the field and making sure that you get that last shot. It's something about these tournaments that are fascinating in terms of what is the last shot. Yeah. Uh, Florida A and L forgot it takes 27 two days ago and not 26, and they only got 26 outs in that game when they were up four runs. And the let's put it like this: the family handles their business. We're not even here today. Uh, yeah, I guess you you could say that. Um, in theory, in theory, uh, yeah, that's true. But the question is, is would you have had a different type of pitch mechanic for Alabama State? Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a different way that you play the game in regards in you in the loser bracket in terms of how you come out. They knew they had a game. So um, if what else could us, you know, they're, they're like that. But I think credit goes more to FAMU's ability to get off the back. Yeah. The fact that they, you know, had a hard play and then they come back and play just as hard. I think that's more of, you know, one of the talking points that I would kind of focus on giving the Rattlers credit uh, by having, you know, as you allude to, having their heart broken, uh, yeah. thinking they're going to win a game, and in the ninth inning, they let it get away. They find a way to get another win in, in terms of going to lose a bracket, and then you face your, quote-unquote, demons again against this team, and this time, even they're threatening again in the ninth, but you get the final out, even after a tough call, which you thought was the <laughs> out. It was correct because we were over here in the stands. So I want to make that clear. We were over here on the left field side, and we saw him, the third base umpire, immediately come up. Now, it's loud in here, and obviously credit to the pitcher. He's focusing on what he needs to in the batter as well. So he proceeds, but he's three steps in 
everybody here is focusing on the play. And I'm going to tell you how much I know where people are focusing because I'm hearing him, so I'm looking at him. I don't even see the strikeout. Yeah. Because yeah. so, I'm so, looking at the umpire who waved his hands, and it was the pitch clock. So I was going to say, so break it down. It was a pitch clock violation Correct. that took the strikeout because I was down here next to, next to the dugout waiting to go on the field and do post-game interview right. at that point. And honestly, no one over where no we one. were at, no one Charles was on that side. I was next to Charles. Okay. I was literally next to Charles. No one knew. Charles, Charles Bishop. Yeah, Charles Bishop. No one knew what was going on, and we never got any indication verbally or signal-wise from our location to help us out. And, of course, you you, you should have heard the rapper fans. Uh, hey, yeah, Bishop, I mean, the, we they, were, they were in it, and they deserved yeah. to, because, again, that's just one of those things where you see two sides of it. I happen to be on this side. Just happens so, I had, so I called it clearly. And I'm telling you how much I clearly, because it drew my attention, because I'm like, what is he doing at first? And then, so I don't, because I'm visually looking at him, so it's the opposite of what y'all doing. Y'all looking at the play. I do not see the strikeout. I find out later as I turn around and up here and he strikes out, and then I realize why FAMU is mad, because I'm like, what did they, I'm telling you, my side, I was the opposite. I was like, why are they mad? The dude clearly is like this. And then I realized, I said, oh, he struck out. And I'll give you the perspective from someone who's watching online. I'm, I'm in the car watching online. So for all of us, all of us who were at home watching, I thought we had a Maurice Claret, Ohio State, Miami situation. I'm like, oh, where did that random flag? <laughs> I'm like, where did this delayed flag? You know, so it's like, oh, y'all trying to steal one from us. I mean, we were, boy, I tell you what, I mean, Rattler Nation was uh, was tied. I mean, if they were. If, I almost drove off the road. I almost had to pull over just because. Yeah, hey, okay. look. So I mean, uh, and we not even going to tell you. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> leave, leave that, leave that. Leave it and leave it and delete that text. Yeah, we'll leave that away. <laughs> Hopefully, nobody ever gets your phone or your or your, or your text messages get cracked. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, an exciting game. I I think just from the Florida A&M perspective, I it's funny. It feels like this is very similar to what FAMU went through last year, where uh, again they they had to battle through. You know, they had some games that they should have won. They lost, blew some leads. They had to go through the elimination bracket. They got to play all the way to the to the last day or the if day, and unfortunately, they didn't come through. So, this is this for those who remember last year. This is the Rattlers' opportunity to sort of exercise some demons and advance to the championship game. Well, y'all get too far. I want to make sure everybody's here. <laughs> y'all get excited. We, we didn't open up the show. This is the simulcast. Oh, shit. Right? In AD Sport Rock. And this is Dr. Bill, the inside of HBC Sports Map. On my side of this is uh, episode 396. Uh, inside the HBC Sports Radio Show and Podcast. The show that's uh, covering sporting HBC dash for all things HBC Sports. From institutions large and small, from the NIA to the NCAA, we share insights and information on the HBC sports culture, HBCU athletic aesthetics, facilitate the story of HBCU athletic programs and the business of HBC sports. We just call it, in short, HBC sports pedagogy. I'm your host, Dr. Kenyatta Pavil, with my co-host, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, that are out on assignment. So I brought into the other back end, sports rap ride in AD. Okay, you be Charles, I'll be Mike. <laughs> Data, 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 data
that you pick it up so y'all can do a proper introduction <laughs> for the sports rap. Let y'all jump in. Go ahead, give all the disclaimers. Oh, hey, look. First off, if you're watching the show, wherever you're watching the stream, if you're watching on Dr. Ken, uh, Kenyatta Cavill's uh, Inside HBC Sports Lab page, uh, if you're watching on the uh, the Black College Sports Network, you're watching it on the Sports Rap, you're watching on the YouTube channel, um, make sure to hit that thumbs up button, hit the like button. Uh, wherever you're at, make sure to uh, like the stream, share the stream as we try to give you a, 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 a short little pregame to get you guys excited about this tournament uh, and, and this upcoming game. You know, uh, I will say what, what's interesting about today's game, guys, is the win. I, I woke up, came out the house, and I, I was like, yo, I'm, you know, I'm, look, I'm coming from Florida to Atlanta and I, got, I broke out a hoodie and everything because the wind and the car, I'm like, what in the world? The wind is whipping. Um, and I was kind of, yeah, I don't know, it Drew. Not standing still at all. Drew's got an image, maybe he's got an image pulled up of the, of the outfield. But I, I, I was curious to see when we got to the ballpark, Doc, what the, you know, wind was going to be. And it looks like it is blowing sort of in from left to right. Um, you know, I don't know if it'll stay that way, but uh, we'll, it, it'll be, you know, that's that'll be interesting. Very interesting. And uh, Charles Bishop, who's been doing sideline reporting, has coined this term the urban jet stream. <laughs> urban jet stream. And I love that. I love that. It's, it's, it's a factor. factor. It's a factor. And right field, it has played havoc on right fielders coming in for balls to try to catch especially if it gets up in that quote-unquote urban jet stream. Mm -hmm. So I'd imagine, because we can see it now, it's yeah. going to be even worse than what we've seen all week long. Where we had players have to last-minute die for a play and catch it. We saw just yesterday in, in a game that caused a grambling two runs when the guy misplayed a ball uh, because it was twirling up there and drops down. So what you find out about this jet stream, um, it's one thing, when you look at it, it looks like you said that the wind is pushing uh, right to left, uh, facing the field. But it's my understanding when it gets up there, it's twirling. Okay, wow. And so it's it's not just in terms of your normal wind when you think about which way is it pushing. It's, it's moving around up there. The other thing that I thought has been excited about this um, game in terms of just overall is those guys that have been able to put the ball out of the park. Ramblin's uh, player has three home runs, and he's hit the uh, in the tree. It's a beautiful backdrop. Yeah. We have the city. Yep, a city. You got the uh, trees out there, and so As folks are hitting in there. And what you're just talking about is the corners are nice and short, but you go deep field. Mm -hmm. uh, you go between 382 to 390, mm -hmm. and that center field, and those balls tend to go down to die. Seen a great play by the Gremlin State outfielder that was able to go up to the uh, field and get one. But before that game, you saw fam, you uh, have a blast that Greco. went deep. Yes, Sebastian go Greco. Deep deep and go center. out center field, clearly uh, 20 feet up in terms of that. So it's probably 420 some feet in terms of that blast. Oh, yeah, where you hit that so game, you've yeah. been able to see some great plays. Your shortstop, where do you get that young man from? He Tampa is Florida. a he's a vacuum cleaner. Tampa, Anything that comes to him, he's gloving now, uh, and he's able to make every throw. Um, so that's not somebody you want to play with in terms. So they say, yeah, just put the ball in play. Not to him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and I noticed that left field where you have the John and Mary Brock football facility. 
uh, and I've heard uh, Roger Kador talk about this during the broadcast uh, on the Swag Digital Network, which, I, by the way, let me let me jump in real quick and say props to the Swag Digital Network, uh, Charles Edmond, uh, Centuria Black, uh, Roger Kador, Charles Bishop, great job with what we've seen. Um, and the camera crew. And the camera crew. Um, this is, I, I don't know how many actual camera men, women they have. And, and it's a six-man crew. Right? Oh, Okay, yeah. So, I mean, they, they're doing a great job. There's some great angles that they're picking up. There's probably some stationary cameras. This is a great, this and is a... replays also have been on point from the camera. Yeah, this is a ballpark that was created with the yes. mindset of, hey, we're, and obviously this is an ACC ballpark. So the ACC network, what you're so, talking about, yeah, it's network ready. It's network ready with plenty of camera angles, setups. And this is where we talk, when we talk about progressing in HBCU ballparks, as we think about ballparks, hopefully getting redone and, and set up, all of these type of infrastructure things need to be considered. We've seen way too many times facilities be built with no consideration for press box, press box internet, broadcasting, things of that nature. We are moving into the new millennium of broadcasting. And I hope that as our ADs who are here and SIDs are here, hey, when you build your new parks, have these things in mind. They don't have to be to scale, but you can do right. certain things. No, I've taken plenty of pictures because I'm using them in my facility. And um, just want everybody to take a look at the two men right there walking in front of that Swag logo, Charles Bishop and Charles Edmund, Charles in charge down here. Yep, Charles sure, and Charles. Make sure that you can see those. I'm sorry, Doc, go ahead. No, great point. And so, you know, the facility management classes um, and so event management day, so this is an opportunity to really talk about, as you did, both on the event management side of it, how do you do that and how do you update your facility? This is a quaint campus. And as you've been in urban settings, those people understand that there's not always a lot of room. So this is packed in here, but it's done really in a way that they get every inch for the most part, and they can continue to do some construction. Uh, but in the outfield, as you set up the look and y'all seen watching this, is you have the trees in the background which gives you some protection in terms of just everybody being able to see in, but it gives you this rustic look um, as if you're out in Georgia, middle Georgia, uh, but you have the construction of the city behind it with the towering building. So it gives you that urban setting, but you come into the stadium, you come in. back here where you have all what's necessary for your equipment for your television shows you talk about um, you have your visiting locker room set up there you also have it set up in such a way that you have um, plenty of suite access space where you can generate a little more money from your suite but that's pretty big big time when you think about that as well um, and so that's pretty cool in terms of what that's looking like Hold on a second. We working we, on a couple of things. Yeah, we might have been when I went to the uh, 
to the shot uh, when I just had the stadium shot off. All right, is everyone okay? Good now. Appreciate you, Jeremiah. Yeah, that's what it was. All right, so yeah, we that's all right. We can't. I just can't. I can't make. I gotta make sure we stay on the screen. Okay. You may have to go back over those. Okay, no problem. I was just talking about, and I'll make this a little faster this time uh, as we're up on it, but we're just talking about the facility and how it's a really quaint, nice facility, specially set up to make it um, a rustic look uh, where you get in maybe looking at middle uh, Georgia with the trees, but you also have the urban compactness of the stadium with the buildings in the back, um, which is really nice looking out that field. Uh, you have a room that was built in terms of a conference center, small setup that's really nice with the television. Real quaint, but it's really nice, upgraded. Then obviously you have your suites that are available, your bucket seats, your bleachers, room, plenty of room for visiting and home, uh, radio, I know would be important for you oh, to yeah. talk about. Yeah. You have the television studio room, and you have, which is separate uh, from uh, your media room mm -hmm. and you have a couple of other suites that are available that you can rent out then you have this bigger suite uh, open box that i thought was really nice that you can see from your bigger donors that they call the home plate lounge mm -hmm. and so they took a lot of the modern things that you see in the professional ballpark but to your point what did they do they shrunk it down in terms of what was fit for georgia tech it's mm -hmm. fan base but it's still modern enough to give the modern taste of which is what I'd love to see some of our schools, eventually all of our schools be able to go to by how you retrofit your ballpark to create other ways to generate revenue, which yep. is always important to you, yep. which I agree with you asked about, but you do it in a way where it's cost constructive, where you can maybe do it over a period of time and you do it within your means to still be able to generate some And this part, part for those who don't know, it seats about 3,800 people Mm -hmm. Of those, there were 2,100 chairback seats, so okay. just slightly more than half of them were chairbacks, and the rest of them were just traditional bench seats. Yeah, and those bench seats tend to be closer down the line. Yeah, versus everything really behind the part the of in the plate, or like you said, everything behind the plate is a chairback. Um, a couple of questions that I've had, and I've seen people ask, whether it be on Twitter or maybe even on. Uh, uh, YouTube here, or if you guys want to see see what Facebook is looking like. One, a lot of people maybe aren't familiar with the bracket and how this works, because a lot of people are wondering, well, how is Florida A&M Alabama State playing for the third time? Um, I know that was uh, Dwayne Sweet had asked me that on Twitter. So think of it like this. When, when going into this tournament, there were two brackets. There was an A and a B, four teams in each, and it's double elimination in each bracket. Emphasize independent bracket. Okay, if that's how that helps, yes, independent of each other. You have bracket A with four teams, bracket A, uh, bracket B with four teams, and they're double elimination. So, uh, as it Florida AM and Alabama State, along with two teams from the West, were in bracket A. Okay, and over on the West, you have Grambling, Bethune Cookman, uh, two other teams as well over on the B. Uh, so on the A side, A side, you have to basically make it all the way through uh, and until once all once the, the easiest way to say it is once three teams have lost twice, whoever didn't lose twice goes to the championship game. That's correct. That's the easiest it's way just, to think about it. Double elimination until the championship game, but it's what you call pool play. Pool play, Meaning right. you have two pool, two separate yeah. brackets. 
and you're seated in those brackets based on one through four. And always remember, if you're in the east, you're going to play somebody in the west for that first, first set of game. Right. So one versus four. So that's one in the east versus four in the west in one bracket, but one in the west is against four in the east in the other bracket. And it goes down from two to three as well. Great and, point, bro. And the other thing, the when the two bracket winners meet, bracket A and bracket B, it is a one game winner take all. all right, so which goes senior, back senior to we goes back to twenty twenty one. Do I have my years right when Southern being the undefeated Jackson State team and everybody was wondering what about the if game? The yeah, reason that's that, when it came up, but that's about the reason of that is because they were they were coming out of two independent brackets. No, they always had it set up. Yeah, they've always had it as the championship game, and the first reason that that was really an issue is when television got involved. Yeah, when right. ESPN started broadcasting the game, um, so they would have control of the championship game. You and you see most conferences do this that your championship game is just a one game thing because it's based on the television being able to set up and kind of control uh, what time they can get in there. So, and, and so what, what you ended up having was, of course, you know, Alabama State Raleigh beat Florida A&M on day two, which moved Florida A&M into the one loss category, yep. along with uh, Prairie View A&M. Okay. And so at that point, it became FAMU and Prairie View. Loser goes home, winner gets another shot at Alabama State, who had not lost up to that point. That's what took us to last, I won't say last night, but yesterday afternoon. And on the backside, you had the um, cookman team, who basically was the same cookman lost their opening game. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go, go back game. so we can finish what we're going to have. Let's say we put the other side. We pass, we overdo Take a break. Okay. Yeah. And I'll go back through day each day. All right, let's uh, take a short break here. Uh, you're watching the uh, BCSN Sports Wrap and Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab pregame show live before the uh, SWAC semifinal games. <laughs> here somebody now. is going, oh, down <laughs> on the other side, somebody going to be happy because they're going to check. Here in Atlanta, Georgia, we'll be back in two. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay, call Cuvée. 
This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard, as well as the upcoming week of HBCU sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www. All right, uh, welcome back. Brian Fulford, uh, do a little quick shuffling here. Uh, <laughs> Brian Fulford, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, 83. Won, that was my fault. I want to make sure y'all got my good time. <laughs> uh, there's no such, there's no such thing for me, even with a, <laughs> even with a good clean haircut. Anyway. Uh, all right. So we've got the, uh, just handed the, uh, starting lineups for, for each team here in game number one between Florida A&M with a record of 27 and 28 coming into this contest. It'll be the right-handed pitcher, Trey Simmons, enters the contest today on the season with a 1-3 and three record. He's had 11 appearances thus far. He started seven, um, has an ERA of 9.95. Uh, batters hitting 257 against him over the course of the season, uh, pitched 25.1 innings. For Alabama State, with a record of 41 and 17 coming into the contest, it'll be the left-handed pitcher, ADL, I think I said that right, uh, or Adil Melendez, uh, the left-hander. He uh, is 2-0 and on the year. Eight appearances, has not started a game this season. That'll be interesting. Has not started a game this year. Has an ERA of 3.80. Opponents are hitting 247 against him. Uh, he has pitched in 21.1 innings. So uh, this, you, you got a situation here, Doc. It looks like uh, a bullpen game for Alabama State, or at least they're starting with a bullpen pitcher, uh, whereas Florida A&M is going to somebody who has at least started seven games. So we'll see, you know, how that how that works out. Yeah, it can go two ways, uh, you would think. One in terms of the learn, somebody that hasn't really been in that role at least this year, you know how they come up, or you can go the opposite where they hadn't really seen, mm -hmm. um, and so he can keep some batters off uh, their adjustments in terms of um, their center, if you would. So it'll be interesting to look at that, but it's a great point you pointed out. As we came to the end, and we can come back and give a little more update on this is. 
Uh, you talked about Alabama State being in the white, all whites, uh, and family being in the orange top uh, as they're doing their long tosses and just warming up uh, to get prepared for this big, uh, what I'm calling a semifinal uh, matchup, obviously games uh, 11 and 12 in terms of the matchup. But we started talking about the game ones and the matchups. I'm new from day one. Day one, you had game one, which featured uh, FAMU defeating, and FAMU is third in the East, uh, which means they would face the second in the West, which is Texas Southern. They defeated them 9-1. Uh, the second game was a West three, Southern, which defeated East two, Bethune Cookman, 4-2 in the final. That means uh, just off the bat, you had Texas Southern going to the loser bracket. You had Bethune Cookman going into the loser bracket. Game three featured East number one, Alabama State defeated number four out of the West Prairie View, 11 to one. Game four, the final game of the day in day one, had West number one, Gremlin State defeat East number four, Jackson State eight to seven. So then you had Prairie View A&M and Jackson State go into the loser bracket. So on day two, your matchups featured uh, Thursday morning game, uh, which is West four, Prairie View, AM, which defeated Texas Southern. That was a uh, divisional matchup between rivals. Uh, Prairie got the best of them and was only their second win of the year, all enough against Texas Southern, just to give you some updates on what that look, which sent the number two seed home really early, two in barbecue, as we like to say in that vernacular, losing a game nine to six on uh, Thursday. Game six featured East number two, Bethune Cookman, which defeated four East. Jackson State 12 to 11. Bethune Cookman started um, what we've seen now, them coming from behind to win their loser bracket games in thriller fashion. It looked like early on in that matchup that we're going to have our second number two seed go home early to a barbecue. But Bethune Cookman said not so fast, and they send Jackson State home uh, early. Just a couple of years ago, they were in the championship game. So they have some things to search and get right. We'll see what that looks like uh, in that direction. Getting us to game seven. Get East number one, Alabama State, defeat FAMU 9-8 to eight, uh, in that uh, winner's bracket game, sending FAMU to the loser bracket, which everybody's talking about. Um, and that was the game we alluded to where they scored five runs. And we say they, that's the Hornets, scored five runs to defeat uh, fam, you it drove a lot of rattlers crazy. in the bottom rightfully, of the night. In the bottom, bottom of the night, night. Yeah. rightfully so. Bringing us to game eight, which number one, Grambling defeats Southern in another West Division matchup. And you notice I put out there on game two um, that you couldn't get your matchups between each divisions to see which division uh, we could push and kind of declare was better than the other one. It just happened that everything was divisional matchup. And this game eight happened to be another matchup where you had robbery, the Bayou Classic moved again, this time in Atlanta, in a baseball fair, as we saw in the winter, where you had the Bayou Classic on the basketball hardwood for the men go to the All-Star game in Utah. Ramlin defeated Southern 7-3 in that matchup, which sent Southern to the loser bracket, sent FAMU to the loser bracket, it sent Jack State home, but then couldn't stays in the loser bracket, survive another day. Prairie survives another day. Quickly, last day, day three, uh, featured um, FAMU uh, and Prairie View. 
obviously, fam, you defeats Prairie View. That was a 1-0 classic game early in that morning. And then you had Bethune-Cookman upsetting Southern. Southern had played for four championships uh, before this loss, and they go on relatively early in terms of what they're used to, but they're out, and Bethune-Cookman comes from behind again to win that game where we talk about the cardiac cats getting it done in terms of that matchup. Then you had the matchups at night where if the winning team that had not lost, if they won last night, you don't have the games today. You go teams wait, and they go straight to the championship. As we know now, that was not the least because you had um, FAMU defeating Alabama State where they almost gave up a lead, but to their credit, they held on. You want to make sure we say that. And now we see them playing today at 12, jump things off. And it wasn't done. One game on Saturday was not to be enough. They not needed enough. a doubleheader. And so Bethune-Cookman says, no, we're going to stretch it out. They came from behind again, but they did it much earlier in this contest in the middle of the game to get it done. And so uh, Gramlin gets their first loss and then forces a second matchup today, which means essentially these teams have seen each other three times as series, if you would, in terms of the tournament. Now, there are a couple of interesting storylines that we have to look at here. First of all, you've got a perennial blue blood in Grambling trying to get back to the championship. Are we using blue bloods with baseball? I heard who's, who's, I heard somebody say that. Can we change it? We're gonna call it black bloods. <laughs> but, but, when you, but when you consider Grambling has but the third most overall swag baseball. Oh no doubt, no doubt. Because you got to remember in the swag, to your point, there was a time when there were only three teams that had won a championship. When I talk about the modern, in the modern, you know, going, yeah, I'm going back past when you had Houston Tillis and all them in the conference, right? But in the more modern era, if you would, in terms of swag, there were only three teams. That was Gramlin, Southern, and Jackson State. Why you reference it, you have Gramlin trying to get back to those days when they were fighting for it champions against Jackson State Southern. So yes, all of your three killer programs that control the conference for a 20 year period are at home. Hashtag history lesson. History lesson, folks, history lesson. You've got your new blood, if you want to call it that, Alabama State, who won in 2016. Last 10 years. And are the defending champions. Last 10 years, they've been controlling the conference. Yes, they've been. Particularly from the East Division, battling with Jackson State until family and speaking of family and Bethune, you have the fresh blood in the Rattlers and Bethune like trying it. to get to the championship game in their second season. Out of the losers. The conference. Uh, yeah, out of the losers. Boy, right now, Dr. Kabir, I'm sorry, everybody's in the losers bracket. But I'm saying they jumped in there the loser bracket first. first. So they yeah. had their longest game. Yeah. So I want to put that in is they're deeper in their bullpen for most teams. Um, because we talked about this yesterday on our show, which was fascinating for people to consider, you know, who would may have the edge in that. And it really depends because sometimes you'll get a game where a pitcher will come out of nowhere as you're losing today, the guy that hasn't had a start. He can surprise you and give you seven good innings. And it turns all that talk about you into the bullpen early. It flips it on his head because you got extra innings out of somebody that you wouldn't Surprise you, and that can go multiple ways. So it's fascinating when you talk about all these little data points that you look at. You can go in endless uh, areas in terms of what the magic of baseball is. I got a couple more data points I want to get out before I have to jump out and uh, 
switch over to the Carlos Brown show. All right, here, here are the storylines that I need everybody to look at today. Will we have, for the first time since 2018, two teams from the same side of the division in the championship game? East has three teams alive right now. The West, the West has one. First time since 2018 with Texas Southern face Grambling for, for the championship. Are, are you, we know we're going to get at least one team from the East. East. Yes. Yes. Are you asking us? Or are you? Can we answer the question? Uh, I'm, I'm, let, me put the, let me put the different story. Oh, okay. Out. I'm and sorry. You tell me which one well, you you that, that, that you like. Go ahead. Go ahead. Answer it. I told you, you put all of it out there. We'll yeah, we'll forget by then. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I said yes. Yes, we will have two teams on the same side. Yes. Okay. All right. Yes. So that means the Cookman will be one of them. Right. Okay. Here yes. Go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you're looking for Florida. I know where he's going. Yes. Your second line, I want some, I want some okay. <laughs> Speaking, all right, so since we're going to talk about that, how about the last time we had two teams from the same state in the championship game? That being 2008, when Dr. Cavill's yeah. Prairie View A&M faced Dr. Cavill's Texas Southern. <laughs> I remember that. I remember so that. that's the last time we had two teams from the same state. And then I believe that's we was, That's the last time uh, Prairie View. That's when Coach Rob had moved over from Prairie View to Texas Southern. And he took the Texas Southern to face the Prairie View team that had won two consecutive championships. Uh, in that matchup, so it's fascinating. I should take that back. Kenny Robbins was there. He's still at Preview, but he was going to leave the year after. And he lost a heartbreaker because he had players that decided to go out and party, uh, and he did not uh, allow them to play in the game. Wow. So, speaking of teams from the same yeah, state. Yeah, that's when I was a fanboy. I was like, you can overlook that, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> come on, Coach. It's about, right? it's about winning titles, Coach. You know, come on now. Only six times oh, since, wow. since the SWAC has gone to the tournament format have teams from the same state faced each other, including three times from uh, in 82, excuse me, 83, 84, and 85 when Grambling and Southern okay. played each other. And ironically, Grambling won all three of those. So going back to that blue blood that I was telling you guys about. Black blood, black blood, black blood, black blood, black blood, black blood. So, uh, and it is a trivia question. Does anybody know when the SWAC switched to the eighteen format? What year that was? No, no I'm not sure why. Okay, I'm gonna ask I'm gonna ask this question a different way. What year did Texas Southern and Prairie View play each other, Dr. Cavill? 2008. That was the year that they switched from a sixteen to an eighteen format. Yeah, I knew it had to be over ten years. Nearly uh, 20 years, 15 years ago? Yeah. yeah. Uh, that would be 15 years. 15, exactly 15 years that they switched to the 18 So just, just a couple of different storylines that, that we need people to take a look at as they get ready for. Uh, um, yep, the ups are out on the field. The, the, official, the official baseballs of the game have been brought out uh, as well. That's the first time I've ever seen that. There's a bucket of baseballs. I, you know, yeah, yeah, they've done that in the uh, series, but yeah, it's. It's beautiful when you see it, and that's what happens when you're able to get to the ballpark. And oh, early. oh man! You pick up all these little yes. nuances, and it's really cool. Baseball, I mean, while a lot of the hat is in football, in the South in general, and the SWAC has a, a historic history of 
um, football and now bringing in family from Cookman that has their own historic history. Uh, good stuff in basketball, but it's just something about the diamond and being outside that is magical. And all of these programs have great baseball history with people making it to the major leagues over the years. Fascinating. Last, last, that, last, that. Quickly, quickly, go ahead, go ahead. Can you name the, the only three programs, three, four, there have been four programs who have not made it to the black championship game? Fortunately, I know one of them is valid. Now they has made it to the championship game. Oh, yeah, they, they had, had it with Sinker. They, they had one, one, but they, they had, had made it to the Prairie View beat one. Yeah. Off ones made it because they've won. Uh, so two of them has to be family. It's a trick question. That's yes, true. I was going to say, I was going to say, that's, that's part true. of the, that's, that's a trick question. Alabama A&M has not been correct. Well, even one more. That has not made it to the championship. Grandma has I guess the only one I jumps out would have the uh, power. That would be correct. Have not made it to in, in, have in, run. In, okay. in, in the tournament format. Have never made it to the championship game. Uh, okay, so that, that, that's pretty good. That's pretty, <laughs> hey, a couple of quick elimination works. <laughs> Two of them easy though. We are not far away from the first pitch, as you can see. Both teams. Yeah, exactly. So I want to be real quick here. A couple of questions that have come up in the chats. One, about Veach. A lot of people surprised that Hunter Veach is not starting. Will we see Hunter Veach? Is he available? Should uh, it become possible? Uh, what happened here? Oh, okay, the umpires. Uh, Brian Clark on home plate. Randall Montgomery at first. Joseph Smith at second. Kevin Bradley is the third base umpire. So I love the fact that they had the four umpires from the game to the championship will go to six and then put one on the line. Right. So we'll see, you know, will we see Hunter Beats today? I think a lot of people No, I think they're gonna try to say if they believe they can find a way to muscle through this, they're gonna say a championship game. If it gets close, um and they need them uh, to think of something about getting to the championship game, then you'll see them. But they would love to find a way to try to get it done. I would think if Beach were to come in, it may be in a one or two out. Yeah, you, you may need to get that third out of an inning or something along that line in like the seventh or the eighth inning to set up your closer. That's when you would pull out possibly a beat. Uh, that that's just that's just my opinion because all arms are on deck. Even if you can't give me number 10, 15 pitches, you have to be able to use. And, pretty loose. and on the Alabama State side, Melendez, again, a lot of there's a little surprise about Melendez and saying, yeah. hey, you know, how many innings will you get from Melendez sort of being that closure? Will we see uh, uh, will we see the entire roster of available relief pitchers for Alabama State today? This will be interesting. Well, you can't play for a championship game. Unless you get, unless you get there. You get into the, no, if things look like they're getting away, you're going to do it. Uh, if you need to do something to give a little spark, you do it. So, yeah, I think all hands on deck in regard, and you worry about Sunday when you get to Sunday, but you want to get there first, which means you're going to do what you have to do. And uh, real quick, before we before we end, a quick thought about Grambling and uh, Bethune-Cookman. What's maybe one thing that you may be looking forward to or watching in that contest? Can Grambling continue to get the bats going? Okay. When they get the bats going and they swing well, uh, they can defeat anybody. Uh, they pitch nice, solid, 
but really is when Grambling is Grambling, can they get the basket on? Which means on the other side, can Bethune uh, Cookman throw enough pitches at them to keep them off uh, their the groove in regards to making a difference? So it's going to be fascinating to see what that looks like. Obviously, somebody that is more of a fan of the West, I'm hoping Grambling can find a way to get it done to mix up uh, this home threat of Florida. Uh, and Bethune-Cookman, the Florida schools, getting in the championship game and facing off, which would be wonderful in one way. But, yeah, we got to throw that off. We can't let the new kids on the block have that much fun. This I love Jer Jeremiah Clark. We love you, right? He said, me, A.D., and Donnerville are all very educated and very wrong. So, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> all right, it's time to get ready to roll. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, sorry. All right. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but okay. Uh, time to get ready to go as they're doing the national anthem here in the uh, in the ballpark. Uh, don't forget, you can watch the game, SWAT Digital Network, youtube.com slash at SWAT1920, or just search SWAT Digital Network. That's where you can find the game. FAMU, Alabama State about to start. 30 minutes after the conclusion of that game will be Grambling State and Bethune-Cookman. Uh, make sure you have one iPad, TV, however you put it on, on the Fact Digital Network, and the other one on VCSN for the Collins Brown Show. That way you can see both of them. Right. All right. We're going to close out the show and get ready for Carlos Brown coming up. I know he's got this. I know he's got a vent about Southern, so, uh, <laughs> but he's got a good guest lineup today. So uh, we'll talk about that coming up here. And that's going to do it for AD. Uh, Deuce in the background. Shout out, Deuce. Give a shout out to the people. Let, say what's up, Deuce. Deuces. All right. <laughs> yeah, Doc, Doc and Brian, I'm out. You guys uh, take care, be well, and we will see you. Uh, of course. Lecture. Yes, it is. But you stay on hard.